Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Hooked on Homeschool. I am so excited for today's guest because as a homeschool mom, I always get the questions, but how does your child go to college? Well, today, not only are we going to answer that question, but also I have Andrew from Excel College up in North Carolina. And not only are we going to answer how you can actually get into a college, but also how you can get into this amazing college. You are not going to want to miss this because it is so exciting. I am so excited to share this with you. I'm so excited about everything that they have. It really has some really neat things that are different than a regular college. So we're going to get into some really good stuff. I'm so looking forward to this. Hi friends, are you ready to homeschool but you're just not sure how to begin? Do you feel overwhelmed or frustrated with the public school and noticing that your child is constantly struggling or falling behind? Are you ready to say goodbye to that hectic and stressful weekday schedule and embrace a completely different approach? Do you find that your child is exhausted from those long days at school, followed by hours of homework at night? And are you constantly experiencing stress and overwhelm as a result? I'm here to share some great news with you. There is a better way, and it's called homeschooling. Experience quiet and peaceful mornings again. How about instilling a sense of joy and excitement for learning in your child? Witness their true passions unfold as you go on this fulfilling journey together. Welcome to Hooked on Homeschool. I am Dawn Janowitz, a homeschool mom, wife, podcaster, and online course creator. And I want to give you the clarity, the confidence, the freedom, and all the strategies to show you that it is possible to create an amazing homeschool experience that works for both you and your kids. So come on, ladies, let's go from hot mess express to fierce and fun, and let's get hooked on homeschool. Hi, Andrew. How are you today? Hey, great, Don. Thanks so much for having me on. Oh, you're so welcome. So I'm so excited. This is so amazing. Number one, you get to answer the age-old question of how does my homeschooler get to college? And two, you get to put your college that you work for on a pedestal and just tell us all about it because it's definitely different and I think more amazing than some of the colleges out there. So first, let's do the age-old question. How does my homeschooler get into college? Yeah. So great question. And so you said, you actually said age old question. Well, I think that question is actually kind of aging out because institutions, no matter if it's Christian, especially Christian schools, institutions, even outside of ours are actually starting to recognize the boom that has become homeschooling. And so for a homeschool kid to get into college is actually a lot easier now than it was 20, 30 years ago. Now with that, I'll give you some practical. So, you know, big thing is, is being able to have transcripts that you can actually quantify and have legitimate and easily explain, explainable classes for having a high, high degree of extracurricular activities. And honestly, for, for the traditional school, being able to make well on your, or make good on your ACT, SAT scores are important because they get such a flood of applicants in. That's the way that they can distinguish now, that's not how we operate at Excel, but that's how you would do well going to, to most traditional higher education institutions. So do you look through 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th, or do you just do 10th, 11th, and 12th, or what, do you, how do you, what years do you look back? As far as transcripts goes? Yeah, so you're going to need transcripts for all of, all of high school. 
all of four years. Okay. So let me ask you, what if you did a very light curriculum in high school, or you really didn't keep that great of transcripts because your child told you they're not going to college. And then they come across your school and they're like, mom, I want to go to college. And you know, the mom's like, what? You told me you didn't. And I didn't keep any transcripts. Yeah. So at our, I can tell you what we do at our school. So we still require transcripts, obviously, but what we are in our admissions process, what we really focus on is reading and writing levels, critical thinking skills, and actually character. And, and so we have, we have an app we, in our app, within our application process. Some of the big things that, that are some of the biggest things for us are we have three essays and we have character and academic reference as well. And, and so for us, we're looking at not only, did you take the appropriate classes in high school, but also do you have the character and integrity at, at that age to be able to sustain a, a college like ours, where we're actually focused on maturation and not just academics. I can't, as far as like light transcripts, I can't actually speak too much on what the traditional institutions would look at for that. Cause I haven't actually been in the, in the admissions department for a traditional school before, but. Right. What's great when I hear that, when I hear that you look at character building, I'm not thinking of, oh, I've got a great son, what I'm thinking, or a daughter, I'm thinking of, wow, that means my child is not only going to be around and influenced by other children, but everybody there has had to go through this process. So you think about your child when they go off to a big college with just thousands of students, you have no idea where they are going to fall and who they're going to be around. So when they go to your college, I'm sure a lot of Christian colleges actually do that. They look into character development and they look into how is that person as a person? How do they, you said critical thinking skills. So everyone had to pass some type of like wanting to do things. So go ahead and explain a little bit about what the critical thinking process is and then what the other character Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, so for us, you know, the average American adult is at an eighth grade reading level. You're seeing every year that the, the, I guess the traditional schooling system is actually putting out like lower and lower quality as far as, as far as reading and writing skills, math and science skills. And so the way that we assess critical thinking and reading and writing is like, like I said, through those essays, we give a series of props. And so one of the prompts we give is what's the hardest feedback you've ever received? Because we want to know that a, a student is open to change and is open to growing. But also we want to be able to see how they think through that in their essays and how they can process that. You know, another prompt we ask is, you know, who's your hero and why? But also what, what, what problem do you see in the world that you'd like to solve? Or what are you passionate about? And so we can kind of assess through those, like how, how high those critical thinking skills are. And, and then we also do an interview. And so in, we teach critical thinking at the college. But more, we want to, well, I guess what we're assessing, it's kind of hard to quantify is like, how hungry are you to learn? And can you learn? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes sense because there's a lot of kids going off to college just because they're told to. So at your college, everybody there really wants to be there. Like you're not just getting people because their parents said you need to go to college. They'd rather be a YouTube star, but their parents told them to go to college. Like you break that out on admissions. So So let's talk about, again, going back to the admission, let's get some practical and tactical. So my son is going into ninth grade. So for ninth, 10th, 11th, and 12th, how would you, so he'll have his transcripts, but you also know as homeschoolers, we create their classes, their curriculum, and we also sign their diploma. So what would you tell those families, where do they need to be with their classes and what would be the very best thing for them to do? Yeah. So I can, you know, I can speak for us with that. So 
here at Excel, I would say the best thing to do is a lot of, a lot of like high level reading and writing. And so, you know, we're, we're, are the first phase of our program is focused on what's traditionally called the liberal arts. And that's where, so we're going through the theology, we're going through philosophy. And so we're reading Plato and Aristotle and Bertrand Russell and C.S. Lewis and Thomas Aquinas. So the more they can familiarize with some of the classics, A, that'll bump your reading and writing game up, but then also it'll start familiarizing yourself with being able to use Socratic dialogue and and being able to to actually look from different, we read people from different perspectives. So we don't use textbooks. We use original sources and original sources are typically going to have, are going to be more challenging for students. And so if they can build those skills, the rhetorical skills and the processing skills beforehand, that's huge. And then I would also say, how do you attack life? Like we ask for an academic reference and a spiritual reference, like a spiritual mentor reference. Are you someone that has carried yourself well so that a teacher could look at you and say, yes, you should go to Excel or they can look at Excel and say, yes, you should let this student in. That's so great. Now, okay, so a couple of things. You said the spiritual and character. I think that's so great because, again, I just think of you're sending your child off to the school. So you know all the kids that they're going to be around are going to also be going through this as well. And then another great thing you said was you don't have textbooks. So great, you get to send your kid off to college and you don't have to buy extra textbooks. Is that for the whole – are you talking about the whole time they're there? Yeah, yeah. What? That is so cool. Yeah, because what we do is we use original sources. So we go through the classics and a lot of those are public domain. Obviously, you've had to license some of those, but we've got actually for each subject, we've got a digitized library that the students use for those subjects. And then when they go off into their internship phase or where they might be seeking apprenticeships, all that learning is hands on in actually the jobs that they want to pursue. So. Oh, that's so cool. Okay, so looking at your high school year, so as an eighth grader going into ninth grader, that that's when if if this college is something that they want to do, they could just get really good with their reading and their writing and their math, just get some of the programs that are out there for homeschoolers, like Abeka and just different programs like that. Those would be considered transcripts, right? Those all are transcripts. Okay, perfect. So then we talked about they need a, a spiritual mentor and they also need a character mentor. So let's talk about your school specifically. And you have teaching your kids how to think, not what to think. And then you have five little things that go with your school, right? So go ahead and discuss those wonderful things. Yeah. So here, what we say is when you come to Excel, you're going to learn how to build a life, not just make a living. And what we mean by that is when I, so I graduated from University of Memphis, had a great time there, but I was going, my, like my dad used to say, I was going to get a J-O-B so I could E-A-T, so I didn't D-I-E. I have never heard that before. Get a J-O-P, get a J-O-B, a job, so you can E-A-T, eat, until you... So you don't D-I-E. So uh, you don't D-I-E. Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So that that's what I'm saying. That is what a lot of kids just do. They just go to college because that's what they are told and they pick a career. They don't know what they're, they're considered undeclared. And I think a lot of, I don't know what the statistics are on that, but I think a lot of kids follow that rule. Uh, absolutely. I mean, and so that's what traditional colleges do. But the thing is they haven't, they're, they're not even good at that anymore because statistics show that 73% of students that go to a college actually aren't working in the field of their major anymore. You said 73%. I always wonder that, what that percentage is, because I'm in my upper 40s and every person I know, except a doctor and, and school teacher, but usually they, they are not doing anything that they got their degree in. So unless you get like a degree where you, something that's taken you six, seven, eight years, 
a bachelor's or an associate's, nobody's ever doing that anymore. Ha, I got a statistic, 73%. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Well, good. so mingle that with $1.6 trillion in student loan debt. Oh what? my goodness. That's a so lot. what's the ROI on that? So I'm going to $1.6 trillion in debt. 73% of people aren't even working in the field that they decide to go into. We would never invest in a company like that. And yet we send our kids off to traditional schools. And so it's because we just don't know any different. That's what we did. Right. And that's what we were told to do. So yeah. Okay. So go on. So yeah. And, and it's because the traditional four year was set up as the gatekeeper of the American dream. And that's just not the case anymore. And so what we tell students is when you graduate here, you should be ready to build healthy marriage and family because we think healthy people build healthy families, build healthy communities who build a healthy world. And so I'm, I don't like we have, you know, intellectual development, spiritual development, practical, professional and missional. I'll go into all those. But essentially, if you graduate from here and you can go make $100,000 a year as an accountant, but you don't know how to treat your wife and kids well, or you don't or you aren't growing in your faith, you don't know how to take care of a home like we failed. And our whole thing is like the traditional college, you know, when I was in college, shame on me here, but you know, my freshman, sophomore year, we were playing Call of Duty till three o'clock in the morning and then cooking hot dogs and coffee pots. You know, like it wasn't exactly maturation, but I could wake up, go to class, be there and get an A. And, but I wasn't growing as an adult. And what I used to tell people all the time was I'm actually learning way more in my marketplace job than I am actually in my business classes. And then when I got here at Excel, that's what, that's what we were doing. And essentially, so students here, they, they live in homes. They don't live in dorms. They take care of the home. They cook, they clean, they have dinner together, family style around the table. They our faculty and staff actually live in the community as well. And so, cause we're, if we're going to teach them how to build healthy marriage and family, they got to be around healthy marriages and families. They work the whole time they're in school, like in the black mountain Asheville area. And so during that first phase, they're developing work skills, like show up on time, be a great employee, you know, learn how to, how to build a budget and live off of it. And they're actually, students actually pay for a third of their tuition just while they're at school from working. And so what we did was we built a model that A, was sustainable for students and families, and then B, would actually progress them and mature them into that healthy adulthood along the way. Yeah. So when I met, I met you at the Florida uh, parent, the FPEA, the largest convention. And I remember seeing that on one of your booths. It said, graduate college without being in debt. And that is because when you are going to school there, you are working as well. Do you guys find jobs for your students? So what we do is we actually, we, we help them with resume writing and interviewing skills and networking. And we'll give them suggestions for where to go find jobs, but it's their responsibility to go do that. But we actually have employers now that ask if they can come to school and recruit. And so we love it. I was just going to say, Excel College probably has such a great reputation that they want your students over any other student. So your college is up in the, is it Blue Ridge Mountains, right near Asheville, North Carolina, right? So it's probably beautiful, picturesque in the mountains, uh, small, is it like a small little city? It's outside of Asheville, right? So it's. Yeah. So, so Black Mountain is about 9,000 people. So we're 15 minutes east of Asheville and I can see Mount Mitchell, which is the highest peak on the East coast from my, like from my, from right here where I'm at right now. We have like double black diamond bike trails right across from us. We have hundreds of waterfalls in the area and, uh, Black Mountain's just amazing little town with great coffee shops and food and, and music tradition and, so yeah, it's great. Hi friends. Are you wanting to homeschool, but you just don't even know where to start? 
If so, I have got some exciting news to share with you. Did you know that I have a free workshop that will help you get started with homeschooling? Plus, I'll give you valuable tips and insights to help guide you along the way. I invite you to visit Hooked on Homeschool, where I'll teach you how to create an amazing homeschool experience right now. Take this first step towards the incredible journey of homeschooling by visiting hookedonhomeschool.com. So what's interesting, you said getting everybody ready for marriage and family, because I just got back from a Chicago event and heard Kirk Cameron speak. And the whole event was, was, was so amazing. And it was with homeschoolers and what we can do. And they did a, a whole, it's so funny. They did a whole three hour seminar on abstinence and they went over statistics of marriage family, baby. And, and they went over the old saying, like, first comes love, then comes marriage, then comes a baby in a baby carriage. And statistically, those are still the higher statistics of a happy life, more income and stable and staying married. So it's interesting that you teach that because it is so true. Someone can get out of college, be completely in debt, still want more things, get themselves more in debt, not understand what the family unit is about. Maybe they're going to cohabitate first. And they actually said people who cohabitate are more likely to be in poverty than people who actually are single versus married. I mean, my goodness, the statistics that they went over was really amazing. And and that was actually a company, a ministry company called The Success Sequence that talks about abstinence and what it can do for your life and get those things, you know, in order. So it's truly amazing. And, and these are statistics. I mean, these are the facts. This is what's saying that our kids are coming out of college and they're moving back home because they haven't learned any skills to get out there and work. You know, back when I was young, 16, 17, 18, we couldn't wait to get out of our parents' house. We went to college and couldn't wait to get our own place, but it's very different now. There's inflation. There's a, they're, they're up against so many more challenges. So you guys have a lot more work to do with getting everybody on board with that, right? I mean, it's it's tough now because of everything going on. Yeah, I mean, and we say half of our education takes place outside of the classroom, <laughs> you know. And it's about like, so I tell, I, I laugh all the time because when a new class gets here, you know, we have students cook dinner for their houses on Monday, and Wednesday, but then for the whole community on Tuesday and Thursdays. And there's like 80 people there, and you know, the first couple of months, you got to throw the chicken back in the oven because it's a little bit raw. The rice wasn't cooked right. And then, you know, six months in, they were cooking beautiful meals and they're great. And, but also like, here's what cleaning a toilet like actually looks like. Knocking the floor and, and, and that's, that's, and like, you know, we have students knocking our, on our doors, you know, I'm having this relationship problem that I need help with, or, Hey, I can't, you know, afford to get back to someone's host state to go see this wedding. How do I handle this? Like that's as much of our education as, reading Plato and reading C.S. Lewis and Aquinas. And I think that's so important. And your school has like a five, a five prong process, like how to think, not what to think. You have uh, the spiritual aspect, the practical aspect, the professionalism, which is the working aspect. And then the missions where you actually have your kids go out to different areas to help out like soup kitchens or during Christmas and Thanksgiving. What is the, your missions look like? Yeah. So, you know, so we're a Christian school. I probably should have led with that, but I think we figured that out by now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and so our whole thing is we want to live, live and love like Jesus in real life in real time. So what does it like, what does it look? So we do go to, you know, Medellin, Colombia. We got a partner there and we do, we partner with crisis relief and recovery. They do disaster response training, but then, but other than that, it's like, Hey, 
five to 10% of the church is going to be missionaries and pastors. The rest of us are going to be mechanics. They're going to be graphic designers, doctors, lawyers, construction workers, electricians, HVAC. So what does it actually look like to be in those fields and love your city well? And so for us, the missional, we serve with you know local ministries like Bounty and Soul and the Black Mountain Home for Children, which is a, a group home. And our students, do they actually have required monthly hours. Now, we don't love like having required hours because the letter of the law thing, we want your heart to be in it. But you know, sometimes like while you're actually learning what, like gaining revelation on why I should serve, you know, having those hours actually helps you catch that vision. Oh yeah. That's so important. And, and then they can also teach it when they get married and when they have kids. So it just moves the, the movement of missionary to, uh, you know, forward. Okay. So one thing is your college also is not four years. It is two, two and a half years, right? Two and a half. Yep. Two and a half. So they can get a bachelor's degree in two and a half years. Wow. So tell us about that and then go ahead and tell us what kind of degrees you offer there. Yeah. So great question. So what we've done is we've taken the traditional four-year degree and we've taken summer breaks out of it and we've cut the winter break down to like two and a half weeks. And so it's actually the same amount of time in school, but they actually go all the way through. So they do a break. They do a week-long break after each semester. And so the reason that we do that, there's, it's two-prong. One is because they're actually working for real employers while they're here. And so we want them to be able to be faithful to the employers because they're paying for school, but also serving the employer that way. And then two, there's a momentum built in education and discipleship that you don't want to break. You know, you don't want to go to school until May. I mean, I, so I grew up in the private public school system and I'd go to school from September to May, forget everything, have a summer break and then come back next year and essentially start all over. And so what we think, so our curriculum actually builds off each other. And so you're doing theology and then philosophy and then mathematics but it's all building and it's in a flow. Yeah, I can see that. That's so great because we homeschool. I mean, obviously, and t- you know, we don't take off for the summer. We we still do reading and math because you don't want to lose those skills. Anything else, you know, not that big of a deal. But it makes sense to just just go through it. So you go. So your school starts in September, and then for two and a half years, you just go right through with a. How long are your semesters? So our semesters are three months apiece. So. Like January, February, March is a semester, April, May, June, et cetera. And then July, August, gotcha. And then how many hours a week is a student expected to work? So, yeah, so, so during that core phase, which is the first phase where we focus on those classes that, you know, were traditionally considered the liberal arts, so that theology, mathematics, philosophy, they, the students are working 20 to 25 hours a week. And those are just in your basic kind of starter jobs that we call them. So that's working at Starbucks, that's working at, you know, Ridgecrest Conference Center, that's working in, and there's a lot of hospitality around here and kind of just in those starter jobs. And that's where you're really built in the character and integrity to sustain work well. During that second phase, most of our students are either in internships or apprenticeships with local employers in the community. And so they're working 30 plus hours a week because what's happened is the classroom has moved to the marketplace because our whole conviction is that the best way to learn a skill is by working under the professionals. And so what they do is they go out and they work for people in the community and that's how they learn those the skills that they're trying to build to earn towards their degree. That makes so much sense. I used to be a nurse and I'd meet doctors and they'd say they learned more in two months of residency than they did in four years of medical school. And the same thing with my husband, he's a chiropractor. 
They don't, they didn't teach them anything about running a business, having employees. So you learn on the job the most. And also what's interesting and so great with that is what happens if your kid says, you know, I want to be an auto mechanic. And then they realize they don't like that. Right. So it kind of gives them opportunity to maybe switch or realize I'm not going to spend all my time and energy doing that. I'm going to switch careers, which I'm sure you've come across kids who've done that. So you just figure they might be there a little longer, right? Yeah, yeah, because I mean, because it's outcome based model, and so how you get your credit is that you actually work towards the outcomes that are needed to show proficiency in that field, and as you achieve it. So how does your how does the state grant a full on bachelor's degree with them working? Is there certain things they have to do in addition to that? Yeah, that's a great question. So so we've actually so we're in North Carolina, like I said. So we've actually been granted religious exemption status with the state of North Carolina which gives us a lot more freedom to do different styles of program. And so our first phase, that's, that's full on, I mean, like, just like traditional college classes, except we use Socratic method, but in all those, you know, from theology to philosophy, all the way up to anthropology, sociology, fine arts. So that's the first 15 months. And then the second 15 months, as they are work, out working with employers or their internships, actually at the school, ex- like on campus at the school, we have a virtues, values and virtues curriculum that kind of weaves the whole process in together. And so they're in class, even in the second phase, they're still in class on Mondays and they still have Tuesday and Thursday nights that they have to do. So when someone graduates from your college, they literally have a bachelor's degree and their new job employer doesn't know, you know, that that's any different than a degree at U of F or a four-year university that's touted to be one of those big universities. Yeah, that's a great question. Here's what I'll say about that. 90% 90% of industries, that is true for. There are the 10% of industries like medical, legal, engineering, and education that still are very much within the traditional system and, and haven't really been able to grow and actually kind of understand the new the innovations that are happening in education. And so what I tell students, if you want to be a nurse, paramedic, radiologist, come here for that because we have partnerships with a local vocational school that we can get you into that. But as of right now, and we're working, we're trying to figure out some agreements where we can help students get into essentially transfer credits from here into traditional institutions to earn some of that credit towards medical, legal, engineering, or education. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Totally understand. And so is this model like your specific model or are other colleges doing this as well? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't know anyone else that's doing it like we are right now. I do know some colleges that are primarily liberal arts that have like one degree program they call micro colleges and about 100 students which is pretty similar to us but where we differ is you know everything's done in the context of community the no loan no debt thing and actually having that hands-on experience in the field that students want to go into gotcha and and how many students are in your school what is the max yeah so come september we'll have about 110 on campus and the max that we'll ever have is probably about 120. Oh, wow. So you are almost maxed out. And what is the ratio with, with with boys versus girls? Yeah, you'll never believe this, but it's actually half and half. So, you know, I was, an, I was a missionary for seven years and it was always like 90% women and 10% men. But it's actually about half and half. And I think the reason for that is because of the hands-on experience piece. And so that's attractive to a lot of a lot of young men that want to build those trade skills or want to build into the the practical skills and have the opportunities to work for different employers. So, and okay. So, so go ahead and tell us what degrees you guys offer. 
Yeah, so we offer a, it's a single bachelor's degree in religious studies, integrated economy and critical thinking with an emphasis in the field that you want to go into. And so we've got students that are doing things from community and program development to construction, to real estate, to, like I said, paramedic, culinary arts, and I got kids doing worship and photography and videography. And really what I tell, what I tell people is because we actually utilize that internship apprenticeship model to where they are working with employers in the community, we actually have a lot more flexibility with the amount of degrees that we can offer because we don't have to hire a PhD and build a department around a degree program. We have to see if there's a mentor that is willing to intern or apprentice a student in that field. Does that make sense? Gotcha. Yes. Yep. Yes. That makes sense. So, so I totally understand that. So they are getting their bachelor's degree is, is called a bachelor's in religious studies, integrated economy and critical thinking. And that that's the piece of the program that they all walk through together, which is that first phase. And then they split off and they pursue their particular emphasis and emphasis is just what a traditional school would call a major because we're under religious exemption. We use the term emphasis. Okay. So their majors can be, you, go ahead and go over the majors again. It could be culinary, automotive, trade schools, like HVAC. What else? Yep, everything. And so, I mean, I've, we've had, right now we've got students doing data analytics, worship, photography. I said real estate already, I think. Yep, we got real estate. So like being a realtor. So they can get their realtor license after going through your program. Okay. I've got a student in our next class that's actually working on getting her hers right now. So- this sounds amazing. Such a great idea because a lot of the kids who go and get a four-year degree, they become $80,000 in debt. They're like, oh, I want to go to culinary school. And it's like, wait a minute, you just got a degree, something, and now you... So it really helps uh, students figure out... So the first 15 months, they don't have to declare anything, right? No. And and our whole philosophy behind that is, you know, you're 18, 19, 20 years old. When I was 18, 19, 20 years old, I, had, I thought I knew what I wanted to do. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Do, do you know what you want to do now? Did you figure it out? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I want to do. You know, I'm 49 and I'm just now doing what I want to do. So, you know, it, it takes, sometimes it takes a while. So yeah, who knows what they want to do at the age of 18, but maybe 19 and a half, right? Yeah. And <laughs> once they finish the first part. No, totally. And I think the whole, the whole like analysis paralysis that comes from like, choose your major that, and this is the career that you're going to do for the next 40 years. It's just unhealthy. Stressful. Oh, it's yeah. stressful. And, and honestly unfair to a lot of our you know, a lot of our teenagers. And so what we've done is we've kind of realized, like, when we talk about calling, what we're talking about is who has God made you to be? How has he wired you? What are the gifts and skills that he's given you? And so we help them discover that. And then from there, there's a bunch of different marketable skills that they can develop that will help them succeed in the marketplace. And so, you know, if we've got a student that's great with people, they're also administrative, they get passionate about something. Okay, well, sales might be a great field for them, but so also might be like supply chain logistics. And so we can go a print or intern or apprentice in either of those fields and build skills there. And they don't have to feel pressure to stay there for 40 years. You know, they can keep building skills and keep growing. And if they want to change their mind in five years, they can't because they don't have any debt and they have more couple skills. That sounds so great. This has been such a great interview. I think we've really given some parents some open mind about some things after high school. And it really helps people understand that you just don't have to go to a four-year degree, whether they go to the Excel college or whether they choose another college, maybe find something similar, right? If they can't get their kid to North Carolina or if they're over in California and they need to find something over there. I feel like a lot more of these kinds of schools may be popping up, right? Are you guys looking at expanding and doing other campuses? 
We are. I'm. Yes. Any in Florida? <laughs> we <laughs> don't have the mountains here, though. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've been asked that a lot. We'll see what the future holds. You know, I mean, that's that's our goal is to be able to because essentially we want to help build healthy communities all over the country. And we'll see what that looks like. So. Oh, well, thank you so much for being on my podcast today. I think uh, you've really given parents a lot of valuable ideas about schooling and about how to get into a college. And I'm so excited. Thanks so much for sharing. Okay. Thanks so much, Don. Hi, friend. Before you go, I want to thank you for listening. And if you found this podcast helpful, I would truly be grateful if you could just take a moment and leave me a five-star review. Your review will help me improve and reach more listeners who could benefit from homeschooling. Until next time, keep exploring and discovering new ways to make your homeschooling a fun and enjoyable experience. Happy homeschooling!